it's amazing how music can transcend so many different lines of communication whereas music goes just straight it's straight communication it, it can cut through all of the bs and go straight to a person's soul no matter where they are no matter where you're from and that's the gift of music that i've seen
Groovaholics, welcome to the Rochester Groovecast podcast, your top podcast source for live, local, regional music interviews and events from Rochester, New York, and its surrounding areas. I'm your host, Ben Albert. This episode is one for the books. I have the legend, the man, the myth, big time, the original soul rebel, Lamar LeBlanc on the show. If you've never heard of Lamar LeBlanc, he's the percussionist, co-founder, and original member of New Orleans great, the world-renowned Soul Rebels. It's hard to even grasp the reality behind all this, but the Soul Rebels, an eight-piece brass ensemble, has accompanied and collaborated with some of the greatest musicians of all time, especially of our generation, without a doubt. Um, Lamar helped found the group in 1991, the year of my birth, and his accomplishments definitely have beat me thus far. Soul Rebels have been regularly working with Metallica, Nas, Rakim, Marilyn Manson, Talib Kweli, and they've also collaborated with Macklemore, Ryan Lewis, Trombone Shorty, The Roots, Mob Deep, Government Mule, Lettuce, String Cheese Incident, Umphreys McGee, Galactic, Masio Parker, John Modeski, and far many more. Check out the Soul Rebels. Their resume, this this resume, just scratches the surface of the innovation and talent of these men. As Lamar explains, the Soul Rebels are more than just an ordinary New Orleans brass band. They're a blend of a hip, edgy, public enemy type vibe, mashed with the Bob Marley warrior spirit vibe, infused with love and freedom. You'll hear it in the music, and you'll hear the explanation from the man himself. This was a captivating conversation. Big shout out to Hey Dude After Hours, a local music promotion, booking, and management company. They, these cats provided me the opportunity to hold this conversation with Lamar. And one more shout out to Photo City Comedy and Improv, a venue in Rochester, New York. This conversation was actually held in Lamar's van just before the Soul Rebel show at Photo City on August 12th this year, 2017, which of course was a totally breathtaking, amazing show. Thank you for listening as always and supporting local music in the Rochester Groovecast. Here is me and the original Soul Rebel, Lamar LeBlanc. All right, everyone, I am in the parking lot of Photo City Improv. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Lamar LeBlanc. Soul Rebels. Soul Rebels. Big time, big yeah. time, <laughs> and you're you're one of the founding members. You're you're yeah. one of the Soul Rebels. The yeah, originals. original member myself and Derek Moss, the uh, two original members of the band. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a band, uh, eight piece band. I like to always name the members because they're brothers, and we all one one fall. On sousaphone, we have Manuel Perkins. On trumpet, Marcus Hubbard. Uh, trumpet Julian Gosson, saxophone me Ron Williams, trombone Paul Robinson and Corey Payton also on trombone, and Derek Moss. Uh, as I said, he's an original member. Me and him, uh, he's on bass drum and percussion, and I play snare drum. And you guys are brothers, your family, yeah. Yeah, really we good are. relationship with the band. Definitely. Uh, you have to have that kind of camaraderie because you're together so long and so many hours and so many mm-hmm. days that if you don't have some type of uh, connectness interpersonally, it's not going to work. And being that, uh, we, we, it translates into the music, too. If If it's not right, connecting... Vibe-wise, it definitely is going to show in the musical representation of the group. I mean, you're a brass band. It's it's all rhythm. It's a, Everybody's got to be right on point <laughs> for that to sound just right, right? Yes, <laughs> uh, you have to be. Uh, we're fortunate that we're professionals, but more so, it's not even about the professionality as far as, you know, who can play the most scales or most rudiments or who can play uh, know the horn or drum the best is really about what connects best with the group. And I learned that uh, from listening to interviews done with Quincy Jones and Miles Davis. You know, I used to think that, God, uh, Miles probably has the best 
reader and musical reader and composer in his band and he was like no man if if he can do something that I need done and he can do it well it'll work so uh, you know that's main the main thing it has to fit and work with this outfit to make it to make the magic happen so a lot of respect and trust that you guys can make it work yeah definitely appreciate that compliment um, I want to jump right into what we we talked about a second before we started. Sure. We're on a podcast here. You want to start <laughs> yeah. your own podcast? You've been thinking about it? Oh, definitely <laughs> for a while. Uh, we always have these powerful powwow chats mm-hmm. in New Orleans. My best friend and brother Carl Johnson and Byron Osborne, we, we, we went to college together. We grew up together. <laughs> So we went through a lot, and we're blessed to have survived the ills of of the community, of the ghetto. And being black men growing up in the ghetto, uh, crack cocaine was big in my era when I was young. It's not, I don't think it's big now, but I'm sure drugs, I know drugs rather are big. And so uh, we often just talk about all of the issues from politics to financial situations to marriage to interpersonal uh, connectness with people. And uh, Carl has a business in New Orleans. My mm. my friend, he has a, mm-hmm. a big office, so it would be perfect to house the sessions. Um, you know, we just want to talk about everything to try to get a message to the youth that they can connect with. I think that's one of the things we, we, we're trying to see. How can we connect more to the young mm-hmm. people? Mm-hmm. And, and this will go a long way to keep, you know, the future preserved. Uh, and we think we can do that with a podcast. So we, we're trying to see how we could just put it together. My schedule's so busy. Yeah. And my brother Carl and Byron, they're busy too, so... We really got to see when we're going to do it. We want to do it like, I don't know, maybe once a week, mm-hmm. broadcast it or put it online and, and, and let it go from there. So just real natural conversations about some of the struggles going on. And mm-hmm. um, that's special, you know, because people listen to your music and their your music can inspire them. But if you can inspire them in different ways and really really touch your audience that'd be a good thing definitely i'm gonna listen i'm gonna hold you to this <laughs> good uh we'll get you know we'll exchange communication and mm-hmm. you can be a mentor and help me and show me how to get that started uh you know uh women you know relationships that's definitely a topic we want to touch on too because we see the woman as being very powerful mm-hmm. and 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 very you know, influential in all of these issues. So we can't do it without a powerful woman. I mean, it won't work. I don't care how strong a man thinks he is, but if you don't have a strong woman there, it's not going to work. So to have a woman as part of the the show? I would love to. I mean, we'd have to find someone who could time-wise commit but uh, we're definitely going to have some women involved Mm -hmm. in, in the whole presentation part. Yeah, there's there's only so much a man can do. <laughs> yes, definitely, my friend. Especially definitely. the 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 love and the insight that women have. Yes, it's a special. It's a special thing. Oh Lord, it's beautiful. emotional intelligence. <laughs> it's so intense. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's intense and powerful, and you have to get a woman's perspective. You have to hear it from them, mm-hmm. feel it from them. They have to speak for themselves. So. That's why it's needed. You know, when we first started, we may go into it this way. Okay. So Rebels, uh, our message was so strong. It still continues to be strong. But the band was based on the premise of freedom, freedom for individuals who want to distinctively show their own personal individuality. And... That's what the name personifies, freedom of the soul. We rebel for, not against, but for freedom of expression and love and peace and strength and protest, whatever it may be. So we were so raw when we first started, you know, 
no experience with the media, yeah. <laughs> no experience with really the the whole politics about the music business, which is so ugly to me, but uh, it has to be done. So we just really were focused on making the best record possible. Mm -hmm. And uh, as time goes on, when you get with record companies and different media, you know, you got to kind of capitulate and you got to kind of, I don't know, do things to to satisfy their quota sometimes. So it kind of gets embellished in, in, in a way you might not want to, but that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to stick to our guns and be so rebels in the true sense and true form. That, that vision you had when you first started the band, that, mm -hmm. that energy, you guys still got that? Yes. So you've just got a lot of other things you got to deal with, media and yeah. <laughs> traveling and all the And the business. It's, it's really the business part. You got a good manager to help take care of oh, you? Oh, yeah. That's, that's that, huge. That, oh, yeah, definitely. Our management <laughs> team. Uh, Sometimes you just want to play. Curling, you know, and Shipley. Our management team is definitely on point. Uh, but... It just takes a lot of energy to wear those different hats. You know, at first, like I said, it was, it really was no manager per se, maybe Milton and Cyril Neville, who helped, helped the band early on, Milton Baptiste of Olympia, Hal Dejon of Olympia, and Cyril Neville of the Neville Brothers. Uh, they, ha they had a hands-on dealing with us, so, but it still was more or less in a, in a mentoring role, mm -hmm. even though it taught us about business and everything, it still was in a role of mentoring and how, you know, life needs to be lived rather than just, well, you need to do this to play this note. You need to do this in front of the camera. You need to do this to get a record deal. And so our journey at that time was, was so pure, so authentic, and raw, raw is really a good word to use. And as time went, has gone on, we've been blessed to climb the ladder. And you know, it's it's you know how it is in the music business. It's really an entertainment business, and that has a whole another color spectrum to it. So, you know, we're trying to stick to our guns. Mm -hmm. Of these. All these, so the New Orleans community, the, yeah. everyone really takes care of each other, mentors each other. Some big guns collaborating. Yeah. <laughs> is, is there anything, you know, Cyril or anyone, um, any anything you can think of that they said or did that stands out as something that really helped helped you guys in your career? Oh, definitely. I could I could remember all of the lessons early on, like it was yesterday. I. I was always a sponge, a student, and I always look at myself as a student, you know, one who's constantly learning. Uh, Cyril and Milton always stressed, be real and be yourself. You know, don't try to be someone else. Don't try to imitate someone else because you can't be better. You can't be better than that person at doing what they do. You can only be the best at what you do and being yourself. And it, that just makes sense. Mm -hmm. You know, so that's why you don't see any other acts like ours as far as the way we do it. I mean, New Orleans has brass bands galore, and that's a rich, powerful heritage from the city. I mean, that's where we come from. I love all of the bands. I love all of my mentors, the brass bands. But So Rebels always is, we've tried to be different. And not just being different to be different, but be ourselves. We, you uh, are different, so you yeah, have to be yourself. Yeah. yeah. You know, we always wanted to kind of play the hip-hop, the funk. We always wanted to have the swag that we have. Uh, kind of a, a, a public enemy fight the power type vibe. Mm -hmm. uh, a Bob Marley, you know, warrior type spirit, and want, but still infused with love and and freedom. And that's what we we started on, and 
it was a struggle. I'm not going to lie to you. Even though all of those words exemplify a beautiful thought, it was a struggle because New Orleans had already had a foundation of how they felt a brass band should mm. be. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, Bradford Marcellus, he's been a big mentor, you know, from afar. Uh, recently, I've had the pleasure of working with Bradford, but I met him early on in my career. And when you think of Marcellus, you just think of the pillar of jazz, which they are from their beautiful father and mother down to the children but uh, they do so much more than just music and Branford and Winton and Delphio and what, what else do they do other than music well uh, it's they they're real outspoken and intellectual in how they present the journey and the connectness between daily living societal issues and music and that's what we were able, I was able to learn from them, you know, beside being these excellent musicians, when we sit down and talk, the furthest thing from being in our hands and the horns in their mouths, that's not even around, we're just talking. Mm-hmm. But they're able to spontaneously show a connectness between what goes on in daily life and how music has a role in that and how those issues affect our lives and it's remarkable yeah it's inspirational yeah i mean i've i've been playing drums all my life but when we sit down and talk about it about life and how music and periods and different modalities evolve it's incredible yeah you're gonna have to get him on your podcast oh definitely i definitely have branford and winton and Mm -hmm. Delfield, if Mr. Marcellus, the father, would want to, I bring him. Jason, he's so cool. Uh, early on, he uh, he he gave me a gig uh, because I played early on. Yeah, early on in in the careers, he was he's he's more of a set drummer and he plays the xylophone and things like that and all type of percussion. I'm sure he probably plays piano, but he had a performance where they wanted him to play second line New Orleans drumming in in a street setting. That's very different than what he usually is doing. Yes, and he was like, man, I think you ought to go ahead and do the gig. He said, I think you're more tailor-made for this, and you really know it better than me. And I was like, wow, you sure? He was like, yeah, man, I've heard you play and what you're doing fits more. He could have done it. I know he could yeah, have, but sure, he, sure. he was just being humble like he is, and we've had a cool bond ever since. Yeah. Obviously saw something in you. You know, he knew you could. Yeah, help. he's much. He's younger than me, but you know, it doesn't matter in music, uh, especially in New Orleans. It, it, it matters in experience, and we both have that. You know, we both have a whole hell of a lot of experience. But uh, that's that's one of the lessons I learned from. New Orleans is a unique place. I mean, it's a unique place. Yeah. You know, I've never been there. What? I've never been there. Oh, you got to come. embarrassing because, I mean, I, you hear of the it's culture. Cool, but you got to come. I've always wanted to go to the jazz festival there. And yeah. Maybe not even buy tickets to the festival. Uh-huh. Just hang out in the streets during the festival. There's a lot of street performers and everything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> jazz fest is jazz fest. Definitely is is that time to experience. Even if, like you say, you don't go to the fest, mm-hmm. you still will experience a whole hell of a lot of the culture coming for that time. Also, Mardi Gras is a good time. I can imagine. <laughs> yeah. I mean, really, any time of year, the culture is nonstop. It's a 360-degree revolving atmosphere. But uh, city never sleeps. It never sleeps. Uh, we were just talking about that today, how Katrina affected the city and uh, how it affected the culture. I mean, you, the people are so strong and resilient, but... They did lose a lot with Katrina. It's 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 you know functioning and and back, but it's it's not completely. It's nowhere near like completely what it was prior to Katrina. What are some of the things that happened after Katrina to 
Mm. The city is uh, it's a much more. I would have to say, I, I hate to use the word commercialized, but it's a much more, you know, business structured environment. Mm. They they they've tried. They are they have accomplished. I think trying to meet uh, the requirements of regular, you know, uh, cities, metropolitan cities. They're trying to meet that kind of standard. It was purely authentic prior to Katrina, uh, and mm-hmm. and that's due to the people. You, and a lot of people didn't go back because. They just had things in front of them. But a lot did go back, and we have a lot of new residents, too. But, you know, like I said, they they, they got a lot going now, a lot of new buildings, a lot of new infrastructure. But before, it was it was the, the raw New Orleans that, yeah, yeah. that had been around for so long. But When you rebuild something, things can change when you have to rebuild. Yeah, the demographics are different now. You know, down to the type of resident and everything, but it still has its its, its authentic culture. Mm-hmm. It's just not as authentic. <laughs> some things, not not all, but some things. I think a lot of that's changed in just just in general. You think so? Yeah, a lot yeah. of cities have changed over time. You know, well, I mean, with technology and travel, oh, you know, okay. cities are yeah just different than ever you know everyone right. knows that anyone can come anyone can leave right um because so you you were playing new orleans back when the culture was oh, as strong yes. as it gets yes when it was at his apex <laughs> yeah yeah i mean you know you still have kids walking in the street with instruments and things but before katrina it was a plethora it was mm-hmm. every other corner totally. it seemed like it was all over, even down to the radio stations, you had more control by the local residents of the radio stations. All of them are mostly corporatized, private, I guess, clear channel type deals now. Uh, maybe OZ is still public, but I don't know. But it's just like I said before, Katrina, man, if you could have experienced it, mm-hmm. you know, you you whenever you do go, obviously you're going to experience what exists now. You're still going to have a lot of fun. You're still going to feel that that vibe. Like I see why America loves New Orleans. But prior to Katrina, it was even more full, full throttle, you know. But you can't fight God. I mean, God... Mm-hmm. The storm came, and we just have to deal with it the way we are. The people are so strong, and they love the city. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can imagine the people that stayed and the people staying oh. strong and staying yes. stronger than ever, I can imagine. Yeah, yeah they, I, I just, they're strong. The city's real strong. Mm-hmm. The people. So, um, other than New Orleans, yeah, you guys travel a lot. Is yeah. there is there a, there can be a few actually, but is there a location that <laughs> you visited that just really sparked you up that you really had a good time maybe seeing a site, maybe a, a show, a specific show, a city? I mean so much. Been to a lot of places in the world, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean everywhere I go it it's even if I've been there five, six times, it's just it feels like the first time. Hmm. I mean, obviously like China and 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 uh, trying to think Istanbul or, or wherever. Those were different. Huge culture shock. Yeah, those were different experiences. Yeah. But still, in all, it was I had the same feeling when I first went to Paris, when I first went to Germany, Africa. It, I, it, I, it's just the the people. It's amazing how music can transcend so many different lines of communication, whereas music goes just straight, it's straight communication. It it can cut through all of the BS and go straight to a person's soul, no matter where they are, no matter where you're from. And that's the gift of music that I've seen, because, you know, we can't speak the language, at least 
myself, I can't speak every country's language that I go to. You can't? I can't. No, <laughs> no I can't. I, I don't think anyone would expect yeah, you to. But when you play the music... The music speaks on its own. Oh, yeah. man, I don't care where we are. The people come and, and galvanize around. So I'm seeing something with the music. Uh, yeah. Like I say, all the places have been just good. I mean, the Netherlands, anywhere, it's just beautiful. Uh you know the cultures are different and that's a good thing mm -hmm. and I know my existence in traveling these places is a little pampered because I'm a musician so I may see a certain side of they the visit yeah they treat us well so you know I try my best to get out and experience the real environment as best as I can with the time that I have uh, unless you have an off day it'll be hard you know, but Greece was good. I mean, anywhere you hated? No, anywhere that nowhere. No, I, I'm. I'll be honest with everywhere. you. Yeah, all of the trips and management have made it where everywhere we go, we get treated well. So perfect. I've never had that bad experience. That's not to say you know maybe a plane don't lose your luggage or something. Mm -hmm. I mean, but I got it back, so it was still positive. It's awesome. Yeah. Traveling around the world. You guys are just in Europe. Yes. Talib Kweli. Yeah, Talib. Yeah. Awesome performer. Mm -hmm. Great mind, too. Powerful brother. Uh, he exemplifies Soul Rebels, the connection that we have. Is he a New Orleans artist? No, he's actually from New York. But, a lot of uh, people are out here, you know the answer to that. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, he, he, we met, uh, and artistically we connect so well. And his mind is so intelligent, mm -hmm. and he he's able to integrate what we do with what he does, and vice versa. Mm -hmm. That's the key when you deal with a live really band. Collaborate together. Yeah, because you got to realize we even go past a band that may have guitars and drums, a drum set rather, mm -hmm. keyboards. We go past the the raw authenticity of that because we're actually horns, a two a sousaphone, a, a actual one snare drum, a separate bass drum, two trumpets, two trombones, and a sax. I mean that's even further, you know, from the conventional band. As I said, with a lead guitar, bass guitar, mm -hmm. keyboard, and a regular trap drum set. So. You gotta have an artist who's able to understand that, mm -hmm. make that bridge, walk over that bridge and connection. And he is one who definitely understands it. He's got you a know. brilliant mind. Oh yeah, yeah. Nas. We mm -hmm. were blessed to play with him. Metallica, they understand it. We played with them. Uh, Marilyn Manson. He he definitely. A guy's awesome musician, you know. He has a presentation at shock, mm -hmm. value late. He's a but, performer. Yeah, mm -hmm. but that's that's the thing that connects us all. Mm -hmm. You know, when we play with Metallica, like I said, they still practice like them, like they just met. I would think, you know, all the years they've been together, mm -hmm. maybe the practice sessions would be shorter. No, when we got there and played and they played, we just connected musically because uh, we love to practice and play too. And uh, it's so many artists I just can't name, mm -hmm. but uh, all of them are awesome. Well, how about this question? Sure. If um, if you could collaborate with anyone from the past, oh, you're reading um, my mind. So yeah, <laughs> who would it be? You know, me personally, I'm a big fan of The Doors. Mm -hmm. I would have loved to have played with Jim Morrison and. Ray oh, and, and, and all of them. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that band music. I just love their band. Definitely Miles, uh, Louis Armstrong, mm -hmm. Billy Holiday is high on my list. Uh, I, I When I was young, um, for some reason I took to the music. My, my, my great aunts had old records and uh, they would play them and you know our old records were back then man it's so much f 
dirt on the maybe on the record and it's scratched so you you hear all of the <laughs> ambiance of interference around the actual vocals but her vocals pierce through all that and she just has so much soul and grief and joy in her singing I took early on to Billie Holiday even as a young kid so I really would love to perform with Billie Holiday uh, Sharday uh, you know Fantasy World Michael Jackson yeah 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 and Quincy Jones <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean Ella Fitzgerald oh it's so many I, I love Diana Ross I mean I I was uh, she was just at Essence Fest if I could I don't care I don't care how long <laughs> if I could do anything with Diana Ross it'd be awesome you know mm-hmm. I still think she's just the truth uh, Marvin Gaye I mean he's like to me on another planet so again that raw soul yeah, yeah. I mean with genius you know uh, Prince fortunately I played a concert we were on the same festival with Prince we couldn't play with him obviously mm-hmm. but I just to feel his presence around the building was good but I definitely would have enjoyed Prince uh, I love Rage Against the Machine uh, that'd be fun yeah uh, we did Voodoo Fest together but we didn't play with him but um, you know I love that band man I'm Louis Armstrong I probably said him twice so it don't matter I could say him 50 million times Louis is the start of it for us New mm-hmm. Orleans Now, what about some young musicians that you haven't played with yet, but anyone you got your eyes on, that up-and-coming guys that you yeah. have to play with? Yeah, definitely. Uh, man, it's, it's you know, that list gets bigger and bigger as the day goes on because, like you say, with the communication thing now, mm-hmm. you're able to see so many new artists quick, fast, and in a hurry. I mean, I love... Uh, I was listening today to Kevin Gates. <laughs> you know, I'm an artist, so man, you know, I listen to all these cats. Mm-hmm. I kind of dig him, Currency, but I've worked with Currency before. So I would love to continue to work with Currency. Uh, Lil Wayne, uh, I've already played with Nas, but I will continue to play with Nas every day if possible. <laughs> uh, I would love to play with Jay-Z. Mm-hmm. Uh, fortunately enough, uh, his wife hired us before Beyonce to play a private party, so I, I shook her hand and met her, but I've never performed with her. I would love to play with Beyonce. I think she's awesome. Yeah, uh, I, I changed my address. I never got the invitation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would have liked for you to have come. <laughs> But you know, his security was tight. But uh, I I've met her father too. Uh, I would love to meet her mom. She mm-hmm. seems to be a great humanitarian. Solange, I've fortunately talked to her several times because she lives in New Orleans, and she's such an accessible person. Meaning, you know, she kind of is, you know, down to earth. Even though, you know, she's from that powerful family. You so. I would love to perform with her. Her her music and talent is so awesome. Uh, there's so many, man. I mean... It's uh, a reason to get up, go, get out of bed in the morning. Yeah. Endless I mean, opportunity. Nicholas Payton, he's mm-hmm. from New Orleans, trumpet player. I've, we've communicated before, but I told him we got to do something. Christian Scott. Uh, man, it's, it's so many people. You know, that's just a few. I'm, I know I'm forgetting some, but mm-hmm. those people are high on my list that I would love to perform with. You know, like you said, Talib, we've performed with Talib, so I'm sure we'll continue to do things. Dr. Dre, I just watched the Defiant ones. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dre is awesome. I already knew Dre was awesome. I can, you know, you can just see it and his work speaks for itself. But I would, 
if he would want to come out and do some things, I would love to for him to experiment with our sounds with his. Uh, Biggie, the notorious B.I.G. would be one. I would have to go to your previous question and I would want to have, <laughs> wish I could have done something with uh, Tupac. Definitely that soul is strong too. There's so many people, man. So many. Ray Charles. I mean, uh, whoever, <laughs> Frank Sinatra. I love Frank. I listen to his music also. And Dean Martin. I looked at Sammy Davis. Before I, I really got into Michael Jackson, I thought the greatest performer I ever saw in the world was Sammy, Sammy Davis, Davis Jr. And I think Mike kind of personified him to another level. Uh, when we first started, we did a we were doing a, fr a tour in France, and we were on the same stage with James Brown. So uh, we didn't actually, you know, perform with him or anything, mm -hmm. but it was the same festival. He obviously closed out the fest, mm -hmm. yeah. so I would have loved to have worked personally with Brother James. We played with Maceo Parker, so I feel I got some of the spirit from there, but Maceo, Lord, have mercy, that man is so awesome. I love playing with him. You know, I would love to play with with some of the JB horns. You know, obviously, Fred Wesley or whoever. I can go on and on. It's my mm -hmm. mind keep clicking. There's so many people I love. Tom Jones, I mean. It's amazing. Like, as you're naming all these great acts, I'm just yeah. thinking, wow, there's no shortage of talent and yes. soul and just great writing and music in this world. That's it. It's, it's amazing. It is amazing. It really is. It, 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 it can overwhelm you. Mm -hmm. That's why... You know, I keep myself grounded really with some of the political issues and the, and the, and the readings that I do. I read constantly. Mm -hmm. uh, that's a gift I got from my mom. I just love reading even in this day and age. I still like the physical texture of books. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's crazy. But it's so convenient to read on the iPhone. But I still have a collection of books and it can overwhelm me. I'm just, I'm telling you, man, the, the plethora of artistic entities that come into your, your life every second for an artist is, is somewhat sometimes overstimulating. Mm -hmm. And I've, um, my, my passion beside music, you know, I put, I'm a man, I put God and family first, then music. I really love fashion. Uh, early on in my life, coming from the hood, you didn't really have a, I would have to say, a healthy fortifying of someone who may have wanted to be in fashion. In my heyday, in my day, rather, I say heyday, like, <laughs> whatever, in my day. Okay. Now I'm sure that 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 kind of passion could be fortified more the way society embraces individuality and difference mm -hmm. but I always have had a, a love for 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 fashion clothes uh, particularly shoes mm -hmm. and a favorite brand a favorite designer oh lord mm -hmm. yeah I mean I love Will Smith Willie Ware Will, Willie Smith was an early a smooth looking gentleman yeah <laughs> not the actor now this was a guy who was a designer. Oh, okay. In, uh, yeah, yeah. He's but Will Smith is awesome. Don't <laughs> yeah, get me yeah. wrong. He's but he's pristine. Yeah, this guy passed. He died okay. in the eighties, probably late eighties. He had some clothes that were called Willie Wear, and it was clothes that was so fashionable, but yet comfortable mm. for big men like myself. And he was a a pioneer. And uh, what occurred, he, he unfortunately passed early on. Sure. But he left his imprint on the industry. And and I think his his momentum went to another expert in fashion called Carl Kanai. You may have heard of Carl. Carl was more of an urban legend, mm -hmm. still is, that made clothes that personified a more hip-hop fragrance. And 
you know, I mean, I love Michael Jordan tennis shoes. Mm -hmm. So I look at that as fashion for sure. But, uh, boy, if I could do that, I would love to have a store, but I, it's real, it's hard to get one. <laughs> Gotta have a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, first, you, you, you got to start a podcast, and you got to play with Jay-Z and Beyonce. <laughs> yeah, and I do. And when that's all done, you can sit down and start your... My my, my, my store. Yeah. I have my more or less boutique. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I what, would, what are you going to call it? I probably would call it LeBlanc's. LeBlanc's? LeBlanc, like my last name, mm -hmm. LeBlanc. Mm -hmm. Just LeBlanc something. I think it's a cool last name that my family gave me. So I just uh, sounds like a designer name. Yeah, <laughs> I always thought early on I I had a name for my company Louis. Mm -hmm. That was early on, but uh, I think LeBlanc has a, a much more poignant period with it, you know, pronunciation wise. But uh, so it's cool. I like it. I yeah. like it. Yeah. Cool, man. Thanks for, you know, sitting down with me. Oh, man, I love it. I love I talking, man, especially a guy like you who mm -hmm. has such spontaneity in your your presentation. It's cool. This, I'm happy to have the opportunity. Yeah, this, this, if I wish all my my media joints could be like this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, thank you, man. Mm -hmm. It was it was awesome. This is going to be cool because um, I don't know who's going to hear this, who isn't. But um, it's it's a Rochester podcast. It's a city podcast. Oh, I love Rochester. Um, yeah. And yeah, just you know, my friends will hit me up and be like, and <laughs> ask me questions about it and things like that. You tell know, tell me why Rochester's so not, cool. Yeah. Why is it so? Uh, I mean, like I said, my experience always been it's so laid back mm -hmm. here. Why is it like that, Rochester? Um. That's a good question. Yeah. Rochester is known for its diversity. Okay. Um, so we have a really booming music scene. Yeah. And it's, I mean, that's why I've, this podcast is primi primarily all music and all regional music because yes. there's so much, we've got bands playing bluegrass. Yeah. Just yeah. like they're from the South, coming right. from Rochester. Right. And then we've got... Um, a great hip hop culture, obviously. Okay. And we've got, I mean, we got venues like this, Photo City, where yeah. they'll bring in metal bands, they'll bring in reggae acts. Um, Everything. We huh? we got a band coming from Syracuse, actually, Skunk City, uh -huh. and they do they'll cover full albums of Bob Marley, Biggie Ooh. Smalls. What? That's um, awesome. Um, they're Sound great. Like soul Rebels. We should get get them to open to you guys sometime. Yeah, but, uh, we would love but, it. But um, there's just so much. Yeah, Rochester's always shown us a lot of love. Mm -hmm. And when we come, uh, it's just a good vibe, you know, because we travel all over New York. Mm -hmm. And don't get me wrong, everywhere we go is cool, but Rochester has a little bit different pulse. Mm -hmm. We started off doing that festival, Rochester Jazz Fest, mm -hmm. early on. Yep. So that, that's an international festival. That, yeah. that that's an example of something that doesn't necessarily represent Rochester. Oh, okay. Just because <laughs> so many come out, so many people come yeah, out for it. Yeah. Rochester on a on a random Friday's got a different kind of charm because yeah. okay. At at the end of the day, people are so supportive of music. Yes, I so see that. Of, a lot of bands from different places coming to Rochester. Forming a real good following here. Yes. Uh, naming a bunch of bands you haven't heard of. There's bands from miles away that Rochester's their biggest market. Because wow. We just love music, man. I, we I, just love music. I, I saw it early on when we came mm -hmm. in the 90s. You know, that's why I said, what is it? And you clarified it for me. I see why y'all got that, that beautiful sound happening here. Well, I appreciate it. You know, everything was cool, man. Have a good journey. Thank you. All right. Peace and love. Soul Rebels.
you so, so, so much for listening to the Rochester Groovecast. Wow, special thanks to Lamar for taking the time to sit down with me. I hope that all of you gained as much insight as I did from this conversation. His positive attitude, dedication to music, his humbleness, his drive, it's so inspiring. I feel like I could talk to Lamar all night. Such a great presence coming from such a virtuous man, such a great band, the Soul Rebels. Wow, I mean, these guys play over 200 shows some years. The dedication and work ethic is amazing. TheSoulRebels.com. Check them out. You can Google their name. They're on all the socials, really. I mean, they're big time. You can really take a deep dive in their large discography and all the great collaborations they've done. If you didn't see them in Rochester, or if you haven't seen them before, yeah, you really should check out their next show when they come to your city. Thanks again to Hey Dude After Hours and Photo City Comedy and Improv. They helped set up this conversation. Couldn't have done it without you. One more thanks to you, the listener. I mean, this is the reason I do the podcast. It's fun, but there wouldn't be a show without you. And I really wish um, if you can subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, any Android podcast app or any app, really. And keep in touch. That'd be amazing. If you can leave a review on iTunes, that'd be deeply, deeply appreciated. You can also um, email me if you'd like rochestergroovecast at gmail.com all one word exactly how it sounds rochestergroovecast at gmail.com but for now i guess it's time to go ben here signing off keep supporting the show keep supporting local spread the love and groove on